You are the sum total of your five closest Guaranteed. people. I promise you that. And it's almost it, creepy. I've seen people do this and I've done it with people. Like, if I followed you around for three or four days, you're going to take on you're going to take on my trades. You didn't yeah. know I was there. I could tell you what tomorrow was going to look like for you. I could tell you how pissed off you were going to be or how moderate you'd be. I'd tell you whether or not you had needed coffee to get out of bed. Like I could tell you almost anything about you by watching the five people that you interact with the most. Yeah. What up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to Talk Hard Podcast. I said it. I did it. Look, man, we're only like 20-some episodes in it, and I have finally got that we are called Talk Hard Podcast. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. My it's name is Marty Norman. closer to 18, but yeah, we can <laughs> indulge a little bit. Uh, my name is Marty Norman, and I am the beautiful and wonderful. The, I'm, the, I'm the beauty of this show, and I'm, I'm going to introduce you to the brains. His name is Brian Gordon. What's up, Brian? Somebody gets a little new grill, and all of a sudden, he's the beauty <laughs> of everything. Welcome to the show where everybody in the show has dentures, false teeth, crowns, or veneers. Mine didn't break. So, <laughs> funny story, ladies and gentlemen. So, I just I flew out to Texas. To yeah, that's not true. My bottoms broke, but go ahead. Did they really yeah. already? Well, I left them in my pants because they were coming out, and I washed my clothes, bro, and when I got out, they were in like three pieces. Bro, you know, you know you have arrived when you put in your teeth in your jean pockets. Hey, man, when you got shit to do, you got shit to do. I, I just got to go. So I put them in my uh, pocket and took off. Hey, $20 is $20. Right? <laughs> do what you got to do. Dude, my, so I hope Chris can fix this a little bit because my teeth are not this white, but I'm looking at myself right now, and they look like, you ever seen that movie Friends? Well, not the movie. The show Friends, when, yeah. when he falls asleep with his whitening strips on, that's what I look like right now. <laughs> Planner tracking. Chris Cornell's cop fixed that for us. Anyway, guys, so I, I went out to Texas to see Dr. Kenny, man. Dr. Kenny is this, like, he is probably one of the best surgeons, or I'm sorry, dentists in the country. And he, he makes these funny, he makes content, he makes videos on TikTok and YouTube, and he's he's hilarious. He's got a good sense of humor, and, he, and, and what attracted me most to him is he cussed a lot in his video. <laughs> he cussed it all, period, right? A dentist cussing and making funny content was great, so... Uh, I went out, flew out, got, I'm getting, I got 10 crowns put in the front. Uh, these are my temporary. Uh, the day that I got home, the night that I got home, <laughs> I flew back from Texas, right? I got this new temporary grill going on. The, the real ones actually have gold and diamonds all through them, <laughs> by the way. You wait, you gotta wait and see that. Uh, but anyway, so I, 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 I took a nap when I got home, right? Took a nap, woke up and I have a. I have a drawer next to my, my bed, right? This is, uh, I'm revealing too much. A lot of people have drawers next to their bed, yep. and I guarantee 90% of you will not admit what's in your drawer next to your bed. Okay. Right? Mine's got a gun in it. <laughs> what about the bottom drawer, though? That's the one I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So mine has candy in it. So Okay. Uh, yeah. So I took a bite of candy. Oh, jeez. Half asleep, right? It's like the, a nougat candy type. Yeah. Yeah. So I took a bite of it and uh, broke it. Day one. Broke it. Right there. Chris, can you do like a zoom thing? Right zoom here. <laughs> zoom here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Loving enough. Uh, okay. So, so we're old, we're addicts, and we're, we're in recovery. What do, you, what do you want, man? We got, I smoked my teeth away when I was young. Whatever. 
Yeah, so I was actually, we'll get into the, the real topic here in a minute, but the, the topic that hit my head that we'll talk about some other times is, do you remember the D.A.R.E. program? I do, I do, yes. So the acronym should have been, drugs are really expensive. <laughs> it, okay, but I'm having, I'm having actual trouble remembering what it was. Drug abuse resistance education. Okay, so it's a total fail from what I remember. Right? They Epic. said, don't do that, this is what's going to happen, Epic. and I was like, F you, I'll tell you what will happen after I do them all. Yeah, like because that's just what happens. Epic failure. Yeah. Right? So they brought in all these drugs and they laid them on the counter and this one, this one, this Dude, one, and this the yada yada yada. Steal the pipes and shit. <laughs> right. I was, I was like, man. if they would have just told me how much money my life would have cost me between the drugs that I had to do <laughs> and, and the, the medical care that I needed afterwards from losing my teeth and the rest of my body falling apart. Uh, yeah. It would have really actually changed things for me. Might have altered your path. It definitely would have come into consideration. Because I have probably done enough dope to buy a house. Guarantee it. I could have bought a boat. Yeah. I could have bought a 100-foot yacht. Now a house in another state besides California. So where, where I was at, I was like, yeah, that's like half a bedroom. We're good. <laughs> so I didn't care Drugs so much. Drugs cheap out there too, right? Uh, cheaper because we're close to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tijuana. And I had some friends. Tijuana. Yeah. So when you get down in those levels of people, yeah, I mean... It's it's transportation, baby. The farther away it goes, the more expensive it's got to be. And the more stepped on it gets, from my understanding. Well, yeah. Especially by the time it gets to Indiana. <laughs> it gets to Indiana, and it's been stepped on 47 times. And uh, it's still really good. So you brought up desperation. The gift of desperation, man. I mean, that's... Uh, so as you guys know, I'm in, I'm in, we're in recovery in this show, right? Like we, we are, we're two men in long-term recovery. We got Chris Kornoff the Cobb over there who's in long-term recovery. Say hi, Chris. Hi. Sober for years. <laughs> I love Chris. Anywho, um, so I, I was, I had a conversation with, uh, with one of my staff earlier today and, and she was talking about the gift of death or she was talking about the power of desperation. And I always refer to it as the gift of desperation. Okay. Um, you know, look, man, thinking, I, I remember there was so, like my life for, I, I used drugs and alcohol for, for 20 plus years for the last 10 of those years. I absolutely hated doing it like mm-hmm. i hated everything that it that it made me be that it that it brought me i hated who it made me become i hated where it, in life of where it gotten me i hated i hated even I, I got to the point where i hated even you know because we remember the first high right that first time you got high it was like the the birds started chirping the the clouds parted the sea you know, just like the oh, sunshine thought, came I out. I thought I had arrived. Now, granted, I was right. 12, so I didn't understand what was actually happening, wow. but I thought I had arrived. Like, wow. I was dealing with this whole space in my head where there was a lot going on in the neighborhood. The kids were being Especially weird. being 12. Yeah, and kids were being, we were a lot of boys in the neighborhood, so there was a lot of weird sexual, like, kids Puberty, sharing porno uh, mags and jerking off in the pool bathroom. It was weird. Like, I'll, I'll be straight up. It was strange, but... I, you know, then all these, you know, I come from a family. We went to church all the time. Now I'm like, well, am I, am I gay? Because, right. you know, back then we're talking about early 90s. That was not as acceptable as it is today. So it was, I was like, completely the opposite of acceptable. Completely the opposite. So that's going through my head. And then it's like, now I have AIDS for sure. I'm dying of AIDS. You know, this is going through my head at the same time. So I might be of a different sexual preference and I'm dying of AIDS. Thousand percent. Like this is what's happening. So this is what's going on in my head all day long, and then I get high, and for the first time, everything stopped. That quiet. 
super quiet and it was funny and I wasn't like worried about anything. I was having a good time. Everything I was thinking about prior to was completely out the window. And now I'm wondering when the Martians are going to land. And like, I and, found and the when they do meaning of life at 12 years old. Like, yeah, like I want to do you know, this for the rest of my life. I thought I'd arrived. Yes. And I, I'm similar. Like I went through a lot of childhood stuff. My parents were addicts and alcoholics. It was a broken home, you know, trailer park type, type, scenario right um and then when i i remember i stole a joint uh well i stole half a joint from my dad and and i remember the first time i i would seen in movies I'm, i've watched them do it i didn't know how to roll and i was by myself they were out and uh i uh i, I got a piece of notebook paper <laughs> with the lines on it the yep, ink lines yep. right i got a piece All of right. notebook paper and i folded this thing up into a which was, you know, 85% paper yep. joint. Yep. <laughs> and I smoked that, and I was so freaking high. I went in and tried to make noodles, like, on the stove. You just put the noodles in the water, and, and it was... And I fell asleep, and it burnt, and I woke up to the house, the alarm going off, and the house smoking, and, and I, you know... But the feeling I had was very similar. Like, I had found what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. It was amazing. It was the, it was epic, right? At that age, it's the cure. It was. Like, nothing else stops what's going on in your head besides that because there's no other education for it. There's nothing else to make sense of it. And coming up where I was raised where it was like, you don't do drugs and you don't take pills and you don't go to therapy and you don't, like, this was hardcore living, like, if you're not broken, you don't go to the hospital. Like, if you're bleeding, rub some dirt on it. Like, that's actually uh, that's the only broke. times, right? right? Like, the only time I saw a hospital was when I actually needed a surgery. Period. So... In my home, it was like, the bone's broken, yes, but it's not outside the skin. We'll put us... <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure right. It out. So, when uh, you come from that, there's no there's no education on, on it being okay to not be okay. Like, you weren't allowed to not be okay when I was growing up. Well, and... And, this and that goes, made it okay. This goes back to the dare thing, because what I had found out at that moment is, like, I, I, I was at that early childhood development, 12, 13, like yourself, and I realized that I, I hated my parents for what they were, and the, and the, the fighting, and, and the chaos, and not knowing, you know, just not, no, no stability, and leaving the house at 3 a.m. because a fight was going on, and having to run, you know, just all this stuff, right? Um and then the D.A.R.E. program was going on at the same time. They come into the school and tell you, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? Right? Don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Drugs suck. And then I smoked that joint. And I was like, these motherfuckers are liars, are bro. Oh shit, sir. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> these, these uh, they're liars. This is great. This is awesome. This is, wow. Welcome. Mm-hmm. I will do this for the rest of my life. Now, granted, not knowing... You know any 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 kind of circumstance, any kind of things going to go bad in my life. Like this is this is cool. This is what I want to do, right? Knowing that not knowing that pot would later develop into alcohol, alcohol into cocaine, cocaine into crack, crack into meth, meth into heroin pills, and everything else. Right? Don't. Well, I survived the weed, right? Because they say they're bad and you'll die and all these things and you're killing brain cells. And I was like, well, I. And barely passing school because I just don't want to go anyway. So like, what do I care, right? Like, what so like, nothing made sense at that time. So it just you kept getting more curious. And you're like, okay, drinking because they tell you not to. So I I'm not my I was like three years old. My mom said, don't touch that. It's hot. I swear. I looked right at her and I put my hand right on the heater. 
That's just how I'm wired. Don't tell me not to do something because you know what it's going to do to me because that doesn't make sense to me. Right. I'll tell you when I'm done. And then and then you flipped your hand around to see if it would burn the other. I just side. stuck the other hand on it. <laughs> like it was again. That doesn't make any sense. It's just how I'm wired. Don't tell me what you know about my life because I'm the one that's got to live in it. Good and experience. since I was little, yeah. That's just how I am actually wired. So that moment turned into more experience, right? Like, well, I survived that. So let's just keep pushing it. Yeah. I'm going to push it until, well, if I die, well then, Hey, you know, it's going to be too late when that happens. So I'm going to keep going until hopefully it doesn't. That even has another layer to it too, because when you get into the drug scene and people tell you not to do drugs this way, because you're okay, as long as you don't do it this way, Mm -hmm. which, you know, if you break that down, you're okay. As long as you don't shoot it. Right. Very first thing I wanted to do. You know, I grew up as my idols being Lane Staley from Alice in Chains and, and Guns N' Roses and, and you know, uh, Zach Wilde from the Stone See, Temple Pilots, Chains on... Addiction. You know, all these people did drugs. Yeah, I wasn't big on shooting, but it's really hard to stick a needle up your butt and hide it. And so when I would drive around, <laughs> it's I had not a that spot. hard, actually. Well, Trust me when I tell I, you. I felt like it was going to be, so <laughs> I didn't me, shoot a Chris, lot. Tell him it's incredibly easy. <laughs> the easiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> It's the smallest thing he's ever done, too. <laughs> okay. So, but those were my idols, right? Yeah. So, and, and I knew from, from basically, I guess, maybe even younger, but I knew from the time I smoked that first joint that I wanted to be, like, it was cool to me. Like, living that lifestyle that I seen, and I, I think kids nowadays see this stuff, too, in hip-hop and, and rock and roll and, and, and movies, of course, and they think it's cool because, the you know, you got people like Wheezy pulling it off, and all he does is do drugs and lean, and he's a successful millionaire, That's the you know? stupid part, is we right? feel like he's pulling it off, but if you knew behind the scenes... He's, he's, you know, I don't think... The, you know, unless he's a Martian, I don't think he can do the things that he's done and, and do the, the amount of drugs that he speaks about doing. You know, I just, I don't think it's possible. Um, there's several artists who have burnt way the hell out from it. And if you look at the real artists, you look at Kurt Cobain, you look at Scott Wilde, you look at Lane Stanley, you look at these people who actually did the amount of drugs and th- that they didn't talk about, they died, right? And that's 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 the reality of it. And I want, I want, I would love for a lot of you younger people out there to really think about that. Like these people that are, you see successful hip hop artists, rock and roll artists, they're not doing what they're talking about doing. They are, they are grinding every day and honing in their, their, you know, their, their, their talent. They are working on it. They are touring. They're making music. They're doing this. They're not doing that. They're not sitting around drinking lean every day. They're not dumb. They know what sells. They, they do. If I look cool to you and I tell you, because I know you're doing a lot of drugs and I'm doing even more and you already think I'm cool. Of course you're going to buy my shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it's marketing. Break it down across the whole entire platform of everything that's going on in the world is marketing. Correct. You master marketing, you've mastered something. But you were talking about desperation, so... Well, so, I call it a gift. Okay. I call it a gift because for me, and and you may differ for this, um, I know you've talked about the... We've talked about the power of desperation. In other words, uh, we've used the fact that, you know, rock bottoms, right? Mm -hmm. So, for me, the power of desperation... When I used to come into the room several years ago, into the rooms, they would, you know, you would talk and he would, would kind of open up and you would talk about or I would talk about or somebody would talk about 
the fact that they, you know, they still wanted to get high or they still wanted to drink. And, you know, I have cravings and I really want, I, I miss this. I miss this part of the lifestyle. And they would tell you, you know, first off, they'd say, we'll go out and try some more controlled drinking and see how it works out for you. And then, then they would say stuff like, uh, I wish you the, the, the gift of desperation. And, and when you're in early recovery, you're like, F you. What the, you know, how dare you? Right. You know? It's not something I learned till later, but it was very valuable for me because I can remember walking down a street and um, I've been on a hard run for years, but really hard run for the last, I don't know, four or five months to where I was living in a trap house, right? The type of trap house with no running water. Nobody knows whose name is on the lease. If there is a lease, somebody had abandoned it years ago type right. place. Um, literally, we had to middle of the night, you know, tweaked out of our minds, go to the neighbor's house and steal water out of the faucet in a five gallon bucket to flush the toilet when we, when it got full enough <laughs> to the point. Anywho. Right. Um, but I can remember I would scrape change. I, my, I was at the point where my hustle was completely busted. I didn't have a hustle anymore. Nobody wanted to mess with me. I didn't have connections and I was just, I was homeless living in this place when they would let me. I was sleeping in the closet on a pile of dirty clothes that had infested with bed bugs and cockroaches and broken needles and just very typical what you would think of a trap house, right? And I remember walking down this road. I had maybe eight bucks somehow, some way, and I was walking to the liquor store and just looking at the ground. And and I was so... I would have never used the word at the time. I was so desperate. I was so broken. I was so hopeless, um, and I remember shaking so, I remember shaking so bad to the point where, you know, your, your eyeballs would shake, your eyeballs would flutter, and I couldn't hardly keep my vision, and I was just like, man, begging, I was, you know, having that conversation in your head, right, I'm just begging, like, there's got to be more, is there more, I don't want to live this one anymore, I want to die, <clears throat> you know, and of course, that conversation happened every morning on the way to the liquor store until I got my bottle, took a big pull or five off of it, and then I didn't think that way anymore, right? I had found my medicine. I had found it. But <clears throat> that that desperateness got me questioning this place I used to walk by all the time where people were outside. It, what, I, what it turned out to be was a, um, a recovery clubhouse, uh, a sober living clubhouse, right? And there'd be people out there just drinking, smoking, smoking cigarettes and, and, and drinking coffee and, and laughing and having a good time. And I, I absolutely hated them. Right. <clears throat> but that gift of desperation, I was so desperate that I hated them so much because they had something that I didn't understand, but I was so desperate that I decided that I was so miserable and so broken. I walked up to them and asked like, what are you guys doing? Who are you? And, and you know, like, I had no idea, right? Um, that gift of desperation led me to getting sober. <clears throat> Long story short, but there's been many times in my life when I've been completely desperate to... to and it, What I mean by that is, like, I never would have gotten clean and sober if it wasn't for, for desperate, being desperate, if it wasn't for consequences, if, and for me, if it wasn't for that rock bottom of, of complete, just basically hopeless, Right. So I fully agree with you for starters because okay. when right. you when you break down I just understand it differently now. Okay. Because when you break down the psychology of how it works and the brain being efficient model, it's not gonna change unless it has to. 
That's pain. where the gift of desperation and the and pain being the the admission, the price, price of admission, admission, right? Like that is because as human beings, that's how we're wired. Okay. We make the abnormal normal until it just is not sustainable, and then we don't have a choice. It's either change or die. Yes, that's literally where the brain will finally go. Okay, shit, something's got to stop. That's of, sad to me. Some of us, that threshold of of pain is is immense right for the people that are in there that are talking man i just wish i could get high again it's hard for me because i hear some of their stories and i'm like man you consider that bad and on your level i can't understand it because i haven't gone through that but i don't consider that bad right right so their pain hasn't reached a level yet because trust me when you go from where I was when this whole thing started and I did the roller coaster game right because <clears> I was on and off and then it got bad around like 25 26 years old um but I, I i did the roller coaster and lived in the game and and it was just one of those places where i'm like man i've been through it all so for you to say you've been through hard times like i've been at the top of the world making stupid like you money <laughs> that's a lot of money by the like, way like i didn't have to think about money i would just buy stuff and don't get me wrong it wasn't like millions of dollars but to me it was money because i reached a moment where i never looked at my bank account I just knew there was going to be money in there. Mm -hmm. And I knew when I looked at it, I would just spend more of it. So I stopped looking at it. That's a different. And then from there to sleeping in my car. So when you go from the height of having what they call the American dream, even though I hated it all the way down to literally sleeping in your car, because now your dad doesn't trust you. Cause when you moved out and when you were visiting for a while and you took off, he found a bunch of your like, snail trails from all the heroin you were smoking in the shed you Man. thought you hit them all but now they've all been found you know what i mean like you if you went to my parents old house today i'm sure somewhere even there, though they've sold there's it, a corner bag there somewhere is some hidden. dope somewhere <laughs> that i hope no one ever finds somebody's somebody's dog will kick it in and be like it ain't my dope i swear but for me the desperation i just know that it doesn't have to and the bigger change comes when you don't have to change and you make it happen. That is way more difficult for me than I either have to change or die. Like that it hard is work <clears throat> is, is, is hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting it, but it is much harder to have things going your way and say, I want more. Yeah. Agreed. And I think everybody, so rock bottoms for one person, you know, rock bottoms are different, right? Absolutely. Like I, I, some guy might steal twenty dollars off his grandma, and 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 the guilt and shame just be his rock bottom. Or somebody gets arrested for a DUI, and that's his rock bottom, and it'll change his life. Right, like I OD'd in my bedroom <clears throat> and got up and got high. Right, and so, then I got fired from a company that I used to operate, and having my dad look at me and tell me that—that that was my bottom. So it's just everybody's got their different levels. I, mean, I was I like, yeah, hey, it's not that bad to so, OD so, in your room. <laughs> It's a Tuesday. I woke up. Who cares? <laughs> it's a fucking Tuesday. <laughs> but let me ask you though: like when you when when that rock bottom, quote unquote rock bottom, you you got fired from a, a company that you helped create and that you were running. Like, did you stop right then? Like that moment? No, 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 no. no. I I knew that it had to happen. So it was like a mixture of things. So I got in an accident about two weeks prior to that, where I was, I fell asleep at the wheel. Doing about 80. You didn't fall asleep. You nodded out. Yeah. All the <laughs> way out. 
Definitely. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I passed out would okay. probably be a better term or not at off. Okay. Um, hit a big rig doing about 80 that was moving because in California they have to stay in the slow lane. So I was in the slow, I merged over in the slow lane apparently. And I hit, hit the big rig so hard. He thought he hit the overpass. Like it jarred his truck loose. Mm. And then I went off of the freeway. We call them in California and hit a parked Caltrans truck. Thank God they were all on the other side. A what I, truck? California Transportation Authority, oh, okay. Caltrans. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. So for us laymans out here, you know, I came to and thought I was dead. Right. So like all these things had happened <clears throat> and I was like, damn, man, that sucks. But then of course, as soon as I got the hotel while I was waiting for a ride, I was getting high. Yeah. Like again, all these things came up to it. And then what happened while I was in the hotel room waiting for someone after I crashed, I called my mom who has been there for me my entire life. I broke my arm in 2005 in Arizona and she got in her car the minute she heard about it. And she got there before I woke up from surgery. That's my mom. Gotcha. gotcha. Now that same lady who I barefooted when I was like seven years old, broke my collarbone, beat the ambulance. Like that's my mom. Right. Right. Didn't answer the phone. She had enough. She was done. You want to kill yourself? I don't want to watch. Now, let me ask you this, too. Did she get with Al-Anon or anything like that yeah. prior to that, or she just came up with this on her own? Like, she I, just was I, like, I I'm not gonna, I'm not going to watch you do this any longer. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, I know there's nothing I can do anymore. I'm done. So if you want to kill yourself, I'm just not going to watch. Okay. So that, and then literally days later, my dad, who were best friends, yeah. and real close to my parents, he knocks on the door and says, that's it. Can't do it anymore. Like, you don't have a job. Mm. I was like, what? It was just this moment where I'm standing in my warehouse of a company that I'm operating while working for my dad at the same time because I'm trying to build it. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, for me, the rock bottom <laughs> is putting my dad through that. Mm. Like, I don't like firing strangers. But I have to fire your kid? Because I think back to, like, I could have destroyed their whole entire... You imagine if I would have hit somebody? Oh, yeah. It would have been over for my whole family. My brother was helping run the company, like, over. And when all that struck, that was rock bottom for me. And I was like, okay, something's got to change. So I called my other brother who lived out in Indiana, and I said, I'm not doing good. Like, I need to get the hell out of here. And it's not, you know, locations don't change what's happening. But what it did was it forced me to, to humble my reality because what I was offered out here was a very low wage, and to start from the bottom as somebody that worked his whole entire life to, I started a company. I was like 19 years old. It's a carpet cleaning company. I owned a pressure washing company. Then I took over my family's company. It did very well. Even high, I was still operating a company that was doing all right. Like you could still call people in California today and they would want me to hydro dip all their car parts. Like That's I had Mercedes sitting in there while I'm getting high in the bathroom and I'm working on this dude's car. Like yeah. I had stuff. And then I didn't. And it was like, I needed that humbling experience of, I want to start. I need to start. Not I want to start. I need to start from the bottom. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a lot easier, <clears throat> like you said, when you have no choice. Right. Yeah. And, and it, I, I got it out the mud too. Like I, I started off walking to work. I literally, when I got into this recovery home, I walked an hour to work and that's at, 
five thirty, five o'clock in the morning, right? And I made seven fifty an hour. And at the end of the week, after paying child support and paying my rent at the sober living, I had like ten, twenty dollars tops to my name every right. week. Like I, I, I got it from the bottom of that store. And it, it, and at the time, while I was, I was grateful. I was still like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to make money. I, I can't. I, people are going out on the weekends. People are doing stuff with their kids. And I'm just like, I can't. You know, but I was in, I was grateful. I was. And I, I kept, I, I latched on to the gratitude that I had because I was sober. I was free. I wasn't in jail or prison. I was feeling, physically feeling good, emotionally feeling good. But, you know, the, <clears throat> the desperation while... I, I, I feel for people who try to get sober without it because I feel like it's incredibly easy to lose if you don't have that that desperate moment where you're just like, I, I got no choice but to live or die, you know? Uh, and when people come into meetings, like he's talking about men, people come into meetings and they're like, I still think about getting high. I still crave getting high or drinking. I, I just look at them and I'm like, man, that's got to suck. It like, just hasn't been most of the times when those people are in their first year. Yeah. Or, or first Cause three if you've months. Been, like when you've been doing it as long as we had, you know what I mean? Like it took past a year before I even felt normal. Oh, a thousand percent. Like I was like, I would get chills randomly. Like my Dreams. nerves, my nerves were all kinds of jacked up. Like, I had a dream every night about smoking crack. Yeah. My, my <laughs> nerves were like, Oh, we get to live again. <laughs> you you want to feel something? Okay, I'm going to give it all to you right now. And it was it was a wild ride. And yeah. those people, and me too, there were times when I was like, I know what I technically could do to stop this rush of anxiety and this rush of like, it was just so unsettling, like paranoia. And like, you, you feel like you're going a little crazy. So I do understand it. But like now, like there is literally no way in hell. Right. That I would touch it again. Like I said last week, like, this was not fun. <laughs> and I told the dentist, no pain meds. Right. Period. Right. Like, I don't care. I've been through worse. It is not worth it. Now, I know that that's not the problem, but it that feeling, well, it scares me more than anything. Well, because you're going to like it. Because you don't realize you're there until it's too late. Every time. Like, I didn't wake up one day and go, I want to be a drug addict today. That'll be fun. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop the show. <laughs> like, you didn't, you became a drug addict, and it's not what you wanted to be as a child. Right. Like, I don't, people don't get that. So, my <laughs> desperation was just different, and now my desperation comes from, I use what I'm grateful for at the bottom to where I've gotten to today, to, it's, I am enough. Mm, love that. But... I will always want more. Like I'm satisfied. I'm thankful for if I, if I died today, I would be happy. You'd say I lived a great life. I saw everything I I wanted to see. I think there's a whole movement of things happening like that right now where people get to a level and they say, you know what? I have enough. I've done enough. I am enough. You know, I, I seen a, I seen where, um, Oh, I can't think of his damn name. I've seen where he said it. He retired from showbiz. He retired from movies, and that's what he said. He's like, I've done enough. I've, I've, I have enough, and I am enough. And he just wants to enjoy his life. 
Which is know. legitimately fair. I have enough. The difference with me is I'm driven by the chase. Well, and that, I, I wonder if that's an alcoholic addict trait. Uh, because I, I, you said I am enough. And I, I battle this in my head constantly that, that I'm not. You know, it, it's it's that I was ta- I always talk about the conversation, I get, conversation and hear the scenarios that's played out, the conversation, and a lot of it's negative for some reason. Now, if I if I'm aware of it, if I'm if I'm consciously aware of what's going on in here, I can I can switch it. Right, I could be like, okay, no, hold up, man, that's that's a scenario that will never play out. Mm-hmm. I could spend I could spend all day thinking about something I'm going to do tonight, tomorrow or next week and play every possible bad scenario out of how it's going to go and well, that's the problem. Oh, it's just uh, ah, right? We, we battle non-existent demons all which the we, time. More people do that than people realize. Like you worry about a problem that might happen. And and, and nine Nine times out, nine point nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. it never comes to fruition, mm-hmm. ever for me. And that's experience, and that's me having the knowledge of the experience and knowing these that fact right there, and still doing it constantly. Well, the problem for most people is that when they think about it, they're so involved in it that they create it. Mm. So then they're like, "Well, see, I was right." Well, of course you were right. You literally caused it. I, 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 so you're going to be right. I'm with you. You can make shit happen like that. And they're like, there's no way that that's actually how it works. And if you can shift someone's mind into a space where you can get what you want, if you create it, Mm -hmm. it's life changing. Yeah. Cause then you can know, then you know, you can create anything, right? You can create your whole entire world, everything. And I think it's important for you guys, if you don't have somebody in your life, mainly a lot of somebody's in your life that can redirect you and see when you're thinking outside, you know, when, when you're, when you're in a negative mindset or you're, you're behaving negatively or you're, you're constantly complaining or this isn't fair or this or that you, you need to have. And I, I, Show me your five friends, I'll show you your future. So you need to have them five friends. That's a metaphor. You can have ten, you can have two. You need to have them friends in your life who will call you out on that bullshit and and try to help redirect you because sometimes, me, I'm not aware of it and I can do it for days until somebody says, hey, bro, bro, come on, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? Well, yeah, to clear that up for people, tell me the five people that you deal with the most. That could be people at work. They're not necessarily your friends, but they do inspire your day or not inspire your day. Like whoever you're, the, the five people, the, the that, five people that you interact with the most will dictate the way your life will go. You are the sum total of your five closest Guaranteed. people. I promise you that. And it's if, almost creepy. I've seen people do this and I've done it with people. Like if I followed you around for three or four days, you're going to take on, you're going to take on my trades. You didn't yeah. know I was there. I could tell you what tomorrow was going to look like for you. I could tell you how pissed off you were going to be or how moderate you'd be. I'd tell you whether or not you had needed coffee to get out of bed. Like I could tell you almost anything about you by watching the five people that you interact with the most. Yeah. You want to be a millionaire? Hang out with five millionaires. I guarantee you, you'll be on your way. You won't have a choice is yeah. the thing. They don't hang out with right. less than because they know. And it's not. it's not a... This is where people get things twisted. This is not an elite status. This is, I don't need your bullshit in my life because I'm going somewhere. So unless you want to come up here with me, it's not about the money. It's about the mindset. You're, you're either going to support me. Well, here's the thing. If you don't have people in your, in your five friends, or some call it a circle, mm-hmm. if you don't have people in your circle that are pushing you 
uh, calling you out on your bullshit, who are, are inspiring you, motivating you, pushing you along, telling you you can, you know, positive affirmations. If you don't have that circle, you don't have a circle at all. You have a cage, brother. <laughs> he wrote cage. And it's true. It's a fact. Like, it, it, look around at the five people that you associate the most with, whether it be in person, text messages, whatever, right? Phone calls. Look at the five people and ask yourself, what are these people doing with their life? Are they, are they building something? Are they creating? Are they happy? Are they joy? Do they have good mental health? Do they have good behaviors? Do they have this? Or are they constantly in and out of trouble, in and out of toxic relationships, complaining, blaming other people, uh, you know, just all this negativity? Are they, are they that? Because I promise you, whether you think it or not, whether you know it or not, if you're around that, you will be that, period. Hang out in the barbershop long enough, what happens? What happens? You get a haircut. The, the the thing I want people to understand that people talk about this elite, sure, they are elite because millionaire is a mindset. It is. It is. It's not easy. You got to go a, through a lot. I'm a millionaire because I have that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> I might not have that in the bank account, but I am a millionaire. But I guarantee if you, with the mindset when you shift and you put yourself in a perspective where you know it's there, you just have to find a way to get it. Mm. It's almost like having a credit limit that you can't touch until you've built something. So if I went in and I told you, look, if you do these 10 things and you do them right, in three years you'll be a millionaire, would you do them? Thousand percent, right? I think everybody would. Now here's the problem. What I didn't tell you is all the bullshit you're going to have to deal with. I just told you things you're going to have to do, not what else happens with it. Yeah, most people And what happens is someone gets kicked in the face and all of a sudden everything changes. It's, uh, I like that you said it's a mindset because Will Smith talks about how he wrote himself he started in acting and he was trying to get it. He didn't have his first gig yet. And he wrote himself a million dollar check and he put it in his wallet. And uh, it was like a year later, he, he got his first role in the movie. And the, and the payment that he received of that movie was $1 million. And this is manifestation. And everybody out there thinks people are fucking crazy for it. it. Don't bleep that out. I do not care. You're not fucking crazy if you manifest. This is not an easy thing to do. Nope. Meditating every morning, finding time for yourself, being a little bit selfish and making sure you're taking care of things that you need to take care of to get a hold of your dreams is possible. I think it's, it goes without saying because we've said it a lot. You don't get what you want in life. You get what you are. And I would say all of us at one point, maybe most of you out here listening are not happy with what you are. Because you aren't, you haven't got to the point of, you haven't got to your goals yet. You haven't got to where you want to be yet. You have all these other scenarios, but you don't get what you want. You sit around and wishing for things that you want is never going to make them happen. You need to wish oh, for the, who you shit. need to become in that. Like change who you are and the rest will just come, period. Somebody the other day said, I'm just not happy with my life. I said, okay, where do you want your life? Well, I don't know. Well, there's your fucking problem, dude. <laughs> if you don't have a clear-cut answer to that, you, you haven't it, even begun. It's yet. basic, like, you, common sense. If you don't know where you're going, don't be surprised that you're lost. Mm-mm. Period. GPS, people. <laughs> GPS. And the GPS in this scenario is you don't, have a, you don't have a goal list. You don't have a daily, weekly, monthly, five-year goal list wrote down. Then, then what are you really doing? So you can let pain be the price of your admission, absolutely. If you're still struggling out there, then you haven't hit bottom yet. 
Now you don't have to hit it to get there. You, you don't. can realize. You can learn from our mistakes. You can realize that it still is possible. You just got to get hungry for it. Like when you want something bad enough, like people will deal with their job for so long and then they like they know they want more. But they, ain't, but they don't do anything about it, and then they get fired, and they panic. But then something shifts, and they end up in this amazing job. And they're like, I should have did this a long time. Right. Yeah. It's because you just didn't want it bad enough. So that you need Everything to be Everything you ever wanted was just on the other side of fear. Because desperation's a mindset, too. All right, guys. Have a great week. Like, subscribe, share us with your friends. Let them know that we are the... I don't even know what we are. We just talk hard, okay? We are a podcast, though, not a media channel yet. We're not on news yet. Have a great day. Love you. <laughs>